Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, it's Anne-Marie and welcome to another show. We've got another great guest lined up with expertise to share with you so that you can take your business to the next level. Now, according to statistics on business failure by industry, and the reason they fail is because of a lack of good accounting and not paying taxes. And as an ambitious entrepreneur, I need to ask you, do you have a good accountant, one who is supporting you and your business's growth? Well, according to my guest today, you should have. And on today's show, I'm joined by Jafreda Brown, and she is the owner of Brown Accounting Solutions. She's going to talk about why hiring an accountant can help your business run more efficiently and keep you out of trouble by ensuring that you are compliant with tax laws, with regulations, and of course, industry standards. We'll also learn about the billions of dollars that the US government has set aside to buy products and services from businesses. Especially if you're a woman-owned small business owner, a veteran-owned small business owner, or a minority-owned small business owner. So make sure you grab a pen and paper to take these notes down. We'll also gain a better understanding of the importance of having good record keeping in place, especially for reporting purposes for things such as the Affordable Care Act. And of course, Jafreda is going to talk about lots more things as well to help us build an efficient, productive and profitable business. So welcome to the show. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, as I mentioned, according to statistics on business failure, one of the main reasons was because of a lack of good accounting and not paying taxes and not being aware of your figures. And I know that you have written an ebook, 12 Reasons That You Need an Accountant for Your Small Business. And one of the things that you say in the introduction, which is really interesting, and this is uh, according to an article in the New York Times, that the top 10 reasons that businesses fail, one of them was owners can't get out of their own way and poor accounting. So in your experience, I'm sure you'd agree being an accountant? Yes. So you've written in your ebook a number of different reasons, in fact, 12. So we're going to talk about some of those reasons of why businesses fail. Out of the 12, which do you think would be the most common reason why businesses fail? Well, I think the Number one reason is the accountability part. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when you're dealing with another adult, <laughs> it kind of gets difficult. You can't really tell somebody what to do. You can only advise them what to do. So that part of 
the accountant holding that business owner accountable. I think that is the biggest problem right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. The accountant trying to do what they're paid to do, but the business owner not taking their advice, not being accountable. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like listening or getting advice from an expert and then still deciding, you know what, I'm going to do it my own way and still continuing to do the things, which obviously the accountant says, well, hang on a minute, that's not the best way to drive your business forward. It's not the best way to, to maintain compliance and you can really get yourself into trouble. Yes, you can. Yeah, I think accountability too is a great thing in business, particularly if you've worked with your accountant and you've set some great goals, you've got some measurement tools in place and and obviously an accountant that is able to work closely with your business can tell you and share with you the things that you need to know in a very way that you can understand it. Because one of the things that I find feedback that I get from our listeners and even when I'm talking to small business owners and my colleagues is that sometimes accountants can be talking jargon and it's like I have no idea what that person just said to me so I'd imagine a really good accountant who keeps you accountable is also able to work closely beside you and make things very understandable and clear for the business owner yes yes definitely that's very important yes yeah very important Yeah. And setting goals too, I'd imagine that it's good to, from the accountability point of view, is to ensure that there's different action steps that you need to take, but also tracking and monitoring how those action steps are going. Because often I know as business owners, we tend to just go gung-ho and it's like, well, hang on a minute. When we have a look at some of the things that you're doing, the figures are showing that this isn't really quite working as well. Let's see what needs to be changed. Let's see, see what needs to be tweaked. Or maybe you need to do things a little bit differently. So that whole accountability can certainly ensure we're always working in the right direction, going forward rather than going backwards. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, reason two, this is knows what you don't. And I think this is so very important. I think as business owners, sometimes we can get really excited because we're passionate about what it is, you know, that the gifts that we want to share with our clients, but from a business, the, you know, the regulations, the rules, the compliance issues, we really often don't know those different things. So what are the most common things that you find that accountants know that as business owners, we don't? You know, this may sound very simple, but it is something that I hear a lot from business owners, especially new business owners. They come to me and especially during tax season and I'm preparing their business taxes and they may have gone to somebody else in previous years. And then when they get there, when I finish their taxes and they see that they're able to get this refund or they're not having to owe as much as they were before and they're trying to figure out, well, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And so I like to, I call myself a teaching accountant because I like to explain to my clients what I'm doing and why I'm doing it Mm -hmm. so they can learn and understand. And I explain to them the different types of deductions and credits that they're eligible for as a business owner. And many times they have no clue that they're eligible to write off certain business expenses and they're eligible for certain tax credits. 
So that kind of just blows their mind because they're like, nobody has ever taken the time to explain this to me. Nobody has even asked me the questions that you ask me, mm. Jafrida. And that kind of blows my mind because, like I said, it sounds so simple, but that's a huge thing that I see. They don't even know the incentives that they're eligible for as a business owner. Wow. And I would imagine that that can really add up over the year that if you don't know that some of these expenses that you are you know, spending in, in your business, if they are claimable, if you add them up over a 12-month period, that can be money back in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and they love to hear that. So you mean to tell me I can actually go back and amend my previous year's returns and possibly get some money. And, and I tell them yes, and they're just ecstatic. Yes. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Because how often as business owners, when we think about getting income and, and increasing our profits, we look at, well, I've got to get more clients, got to make more sales. But what you've just said is, well, hang on a sec. Yeah, well, that's obviously really important too. But if you look at some of the expenditure within your business and what you're spending your money on, some of those expenses can be claimable and and therefore you can uh, impact your bottom line in a good way by uh, getting refunds in, in those areas. Is the US, when you think about the deductions and so forth, similar to here in Australia, that they can change year to year? So in other words, some things that may have been claimable in the year previous may not be you know, in, in future years and vice versa. Some things that may not have been claimable in previous years, all of a sudden they are. So you really need to keep in touch with your accountant and have someone working closely with you so that as the accountant, as the expert in this area, you can continue to inform and keep your clients current. Yes, that's definitely true. And here in the U.S., Congress votes each year, so they could change anything when they vote. So you definitely need to stay in contact with your accountant to stay on top of what's going on because of the simple fact that Congress votes on different things each year and it can change from year to year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I recall a story, you know, from many years ago where one of my colleagues was in business and she had a cleaning company and she had hundreds of different products. I don't know how on earth she kept, you know, familiar with everything that she was selling. And mm-hmm. I remember her giving me some, you know, she was talking about a conversation that she had with her accountant and she said, you know what, my eyes were open and said, here I was in my business trying to promote hundreds of these different products and adding things to my product list each and every month. She said, well, what my accountant did was had a look at the different categories and I realized that I was spending too much time trying to sell products that had very low profit margin, which means, you know, I wasn't making much money on it at all. Whereas I was forgetting to promote the products that were higher profits and could sell a lot easier. And I'd imagine as an accountant, because you're an expert, you know, we're well-trained in different areas, you could look at certain things and say, well, you know what, you're spending a lot of time promoting this area, but you've forgotten all about this particular area in your business and this is where it's going to be most profitable for you. So I'd imagine that that's really where an accountant can support you as well. Yes, and that's interesting that you say that because I often speak about that when I do workshops and things. i make the point that accounting is such a broad industry that there are so many niches that accountants can specialize in. And anytime a business owner has any type of questions 
dealing with numbers at all, <laughs> you should ask your accountant, even if your accountant doesn't specialize in what you need help in, they probably know another accountant who does, who can they can bring in to help you in that area. Mm-hmm. So it is very beneficial, I think, because of the fact that accounting is so broad and there's so much that we can do. That's why you'll see different accountants who specialize in specific things because it's so broad. And you can't focus on everything. Mm. So you have to just focus on some what you're best at. Yeah, I love how you've said that, because what it shows me is that you are obviously specialized in a particular area. And if you're working with a client, what you're doing, Javader, is really keeping their best interest at heart. And if there's a certain area that you feel, look, let's get a specialist in to support us. Yeah, you're always keeping your client right at the forefront and and what's best for them in their business. Because I'm sure that there'd be some accountants that kind of, well, you know, they do their best guesstimate. Whereas, as you've just said, There are so many different areas of accounting. And if we don't get the right steps in place, we can at the end of the day find ourselves in a bit of hot water from a legal or from a, you know, the compliance aspect of things if we haven't done the the proper accounting record keeping and so forth. Would that be correct? Yes, that is very correct. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love this reason. Reason eight saves you money now so you don't lose more money later. What you say would be the common mistake or area that uh, you know small business owners don't recognize and this is where an accountant can really help them save money now well the first thing that comes to my mind the biggest thing is taxes yeah and not necessarily income taxes but you know each state has their own requirements for things Mm -hmm. you may have to pay your state taxes for certain things, depending on what industry you're in, you may have to pay certain types of taxes. You have excise taxes that are required for specific types of businesses. You have, say, for instance, payroll taxes. Some business owners may unknowingly be committing fraud because they're not paying the proper payroll taxes. They're not reporting Mm -hmm. their payroll like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And they have to be aware you have your federal requirements and you also have where you're located, that state, that county, and that city. So you are surrounded (laughs) by all (laughs) all types of requirements based on each level. So you're looking at local levels and you're looking at state levels and you're looking at federal levels. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge pool area where somebody can really, like you said, get into trouble or even not knowing what they're supposed to do. That's where that goes back to that accountability where an accountant can keep you accountable and keep you aware of everything that you're responsible for. Yeah, yeah. And making sure that you don't get into any trouble. Yes. And it's one of those classic examples where you don't know what you don't know. But unfortunately, we cannot be like an ostrich in a sand and sort of say, well, you know, I'm just going to ignore all of that because eventually it will catch up with us. So I can absolutely see why it's so important to have a really good account accountability partner in your accountant, but also as a specialist who can keep us up to date, informed of, of what needs to be done. So you've 
we've got, as I said in the, the e-book, 12 different reasons. And we've covered a few of those today, but I certainly encourage people to get a copy of your e-book. And what we'll do, Jafeda, is put a link to where they can get that on the show blurb. So after the show, they can certainly get their hands on your e-book. But let's talk about the billions of dollars that the government has set aside to buy products and services from businesses. And there was three that we spoke about. So the WOSBs, the VOSBs and the MOSBs. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how these businesses can tap into these billions of dollars that are sitting there? Yes, definitely. One, that's one of the things that a lot of business owners are not aware of as well. They don't know that the government can also be one of their clients or customers. They buy products and services just like anybody else. So every year, the government develops a plan for the amount of contracts that they're going to award for the next fiscal year. And they determine what they call them set-asides. So those are those women-owned small businesses, veteran-owned small businesses. You also have a small business set-aside. You have what's called a small disadvantaged business set aside. You have service disabled veteran owned small businesses, which is different from the regular veteran owned small businesses. You have what's called hub zone businesses, 8A businesses set aside. So they have these specific set asides that are set apart for specific those businesses that fall in those categories so they won't have to compete with these huge companies mm-hmm. and it makes it a little more fair for them to be able to gain these opportunities and just looking at I was looking at the numbers for fiscal year 2012 and the government I think they had estimated about 23% in contracts for small businesses and they actually awarded about 22% to small businesses, Mm -hmm. which amounted to about $89.9 billion. (laughs) And women-owned small businesses were able to get about $16 billion of those contracts. Small disadvantaged businesses were able to get about $32 billion, and about $12 billion went to the service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. And those are just prime contracts. They also awarded about 9% and subcontracts to Mm -hmm. companies in these same groups. So that's a lot of money going to these businesses that are helping them to grow. Yes. And I'd imagine that many small business owners across those three categories in particular may not be aware of those. How can people go and find out more about these areas besides obviously contacting you, but is there a specific website that people can go and check out to gain a little bit more knowledge on these areas? Yes, definitely. I think the best website by far is the Small Business Administration website, which is www.sba.gov. And they have an entire section dedicated to contracting. I mean, Mm -hmm. they break it down so detailed. They have all these awesome resources and tools that help you learn about government contracting, what it is, how to register as a government contractor. So they have a lot of free information, a lot of free resources on there. Mm-hmm. And other ways that people can find out, obviously, is checking for different events that may be happening in your area. Because usually what's called procurement technical assistance centers, and they're usually located at the major colleges and universities in the areas. And they usually have a lot of events where vendors 
like me come in and do workshops and webinars and things and teaching the business community about different things related to government contracting. Wonderful. And I would imagine that as you are positioning yourself to put yourself forward for those contracts, having a really good accountant to support you in putting your best foot forward, I'd imagine that that would be helpful too. Yes, that actually is very critical because one of the first things that they're going to check if you say, for instance, you bid on a contract and the government agency that's awarding that contract, they have what's called contracting officers who are responsible for reviewing your proposals and making sure that you are, you know, fit to carry out that contract. Mm. So they hire most likely is going to be the defense contract audit agency, which is who I used to work for. That's the Department of Defense. They go out and they perform audits on these companies that these contracting officers are interested in. And the first thing they do is audit your accounting system mm-hmm. and, and internal controls. <laughs> and if you do not have an adequate or compliant accounting system or internal controls, that can cause you to not be eligible to win that contract. Yeah, so very, very important. And I would imagine mm-hmm. the contracts are different time periods, different time frames. Like some contracts might be for 12 months, some contracts might be longer, some shorter. Is that true? Like the different time frames for each contract? Yes. And each agency determines when they get ready to put out what's called an RFP, which is a request for proposal. They determine at that point how long the contract is going to be. And that's is actually called the period of performance. And most contracts actually are a base year, which is 12 months, and then they have optional years. So when you bid on the contract, you can bid that base year, plus you can provide projections for those optional years. So most likely it's going to be renewable. Once you get your foot in the door and get that first contract, you're good. Yes. From that point, you can apply for other types of contracts, but just getting your foot in the door and getting started is very important. Mm -hmm. But most times they're going to be renewable contracts. Um, Some can go for five years, some can go 10 years. It just determines on what they need on that contract and Mm -hmm. how long they need it for. There are different ways that the government looks for things to purchase. Also, they have the what's called a sole source contract where they may have already have somebody in mind that they want to give the contract to. They have smaller amounts contracts that are smaller amounts that they may not advertise on the big markets like FedBiz Ops, where they may just uh, circulate it around to different companies that they know would be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways that they put the information out there, and then they will specify how long you may see contracts where they may just need something done for 30 days. It just depends. Mm. So it really is important to continue to go back and, and check those sites where the different uh, contracts are, are put, those proposals are put up. Once someone registers and has obviously has gone through that particular process and they're deemed to be reliable and all the different you know parameters that they're getting measured against, do you need to renew that registration or keep that up? Or once you've gone through all of the, the different steps, you pretty much can retain your registration and just continue to apply for different contracts as they come up? Actually, you do have to renew each year. The system where companies go to register as a contractor is called SAM, 
sam.gov mm-hmm. and it's free there's not a cost for it but they would go in and, and enter in all of their information companies also need to have a duns number d-u-n-s dun and brad street number which is basically like a social security number for your business mm-hmm. you definitely have to have that before you can register and you go on sam and you just put in all your business information and register and there are many you know companies consultants out here that can help companies even register if they're not sure of how to register it's, it's a lot of help out here to help companies register and when you register usually the date that you register in sam that's your renewal date so each year they'll send you an email to let you know it's getting close to time you need to go in and update your information mm-hmm. just to renew and that's basically all you have to do just go in and update your information in the system. Okay, and that updating of information, is that a laborious task? Or once you've done that, it's quite easy to update? Oh, it's quite easy to update. I think in SAM, SAM, they just started using SAM actually last year because before that it was CCR, the Central Contractor Registration System. So SAM is a fairly new system. And I believe when they send you a reminder to go in and update, they send you to a specific link where you just have to click on a few buttons to update and saying that you're still an active contractor. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Now, I'm going to ask you in a moment some of the different projects, the products or programs that you're working on. But before we do, we mentioned that we were going to talk about the Affordable Care Act. So just to want to give some, I guess, some information about how will the Affordable Care Act affect businesses, even the ones that don't have employees, because I know you want to share some expertise on this area as well. Yes, the Affordable Care Act. That law is something that's very complex. So accountants are now learning all we can learn about it right now so that we can better help our clients. There's so many parts of it that business owners don't really understand. And we ourselves, like I said, are learning Mm. about it. And they're always, in the last couple of months, they've been making different changes to the provisions. So we're having to really stay on top of everything that's going on with it. And just making sure that businesses are aware of what their responsibilities are under this act and making sure they comply with this law. And basically, there's certain reporting requirements. And and it's so important that business owners really put this to the forefront of their business, because not only do you need a good accountant for this, but you need other experts as well. For instance, an HR professional because there are certain reporting requirements that this law requires for HR, like certain things that has to be shown on on an employee's W-2 form. Mm -hmm. And there are certain tax credits that businesses will be be eligible for. And beginning in October, right now, self-employed businesses, which are basically the ones that don't have W-2 employees, right now a self-employed person cannot purchase business health insurance, but beginning in October, under the law, self-employed will be able to purchase health insurance. And also, they're making even more changes to the provisions starting in January 2014, where a lot of things are going to really start rolling out. And also, self-employed will be eligible for certain tax credits for purchasing um, health insurance. And I believe that there are going to be requirements to have 
this health insurance unless you meet a certain income level. If you fall under the income level, then you won't be required to have it. And the same thing goes for individuals as well, not only for businesses, but it also affects individuals as well. So as you said, it is really important to get in contact with your accountant or if you haven't got an accountant to get one. And of course, we'll give all of your contact details uh, shortly and also on the show blurb so people can uh, certainly reach out and find out more about you and your services. But this is certainly something that they need to be aware of with what sounds like a lot of changes coming up uh, in the future. So look, thank you so much for sharing. There's so much information. I mean, we've just really not even scraped the surface, but it really goes to show us and confirm how important it is to have a good accountant on your team, someone who keeps you accountable, someone who keeps you informed about the things that we need to know in our business so that we can remain compliant with all of the regulatory, the taxation and the state, the federal, all of those different areas in our business. But before you go, let me just ask you, what are some of the products and programs that you're currently working on? What's going on for you and your business? Well, actually, right now I'm working on developing a coaching program for other accountants. I get asked a lot of questions by other accountants, accountants who are interested in starting their own practices. And they call and ask me questions and they say, you know, I want to do is all the things that you're doing. I want to do that as well. And their accountants that I mentor, CPAs that I mentor. And so it just came to me that I should develop a coaching program to help those accountants who you know, want to start their own practices. And also for those who already have their own practices, who may want multiple streams of income, additional streams of income, because I know there can be some slow months when you're an accountant. So you you definitely want to be able to develop some other streams of revenue coming in. And so my program is going to center around those things. So that's something that I'm working on now. And hopefully I'll have it available within the next month. And also, since I that was my first ebook, the Twelve Reasons ebook, and I've gotten so many calls and emails from people who want to write their own ebook, and they're asking me, "Well, how did you do it? What was the process like? How did you get it published on Amazon?" Mm-hmm. And so now I'm working on an ebook to teach people how to write your ebook <laughs> and how to get it published on Amazon. Basically, a, a blueprint for that. And those are couple of things that I'm working on. And also, I'm also always looking for opportunities, speaking opportunities, coaching, training opportunities, reaching out to different companies, organizations, associations to come in and do different workshops, Mm -hmm. even private group meetings, things like that. I ask quite frequently to come and speak to different groups on different areas of accounting or finance. With me, I also have a master's in finance. So I can kind of combine the finance and the accounting worlds. And I'm that's a, a big benefit for people because with me having both of those backgrounds, people think accounting and finance are alike, but they're very different, mm-hmm. <laughs> very different. 
Well, you know what? Sounds like you might even have to start thinking of just creating your own podcast because it sounds as if you've got so many people there who are really wanting to tap into your expertise. So, uh, yeah, planting that seed for you, Jafreda. <laughs> Thank you. That was something I thought about a few months ago. Is just having the time <laughs> yes. to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that I am interested in, though. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Look, Jafreda, how can people get in contact with you? What are the best contact details? Well, I am my friends. It's funny because my friends make fun of me because they're like, you're just all over the place. You know everything. You're everywhere. And I have a Facebook page and that is Brown Accounting Solutions, LLC. Also, I have a personal Facebook page, which is Jafrida R. Brown. I have a Twitter account, which is Brown Accounting at Brown Accounting. They can reach me there. I also have a LinkedIn account, Jafrida R. Brown, MBA. And also my website, which is Brown Accounting Solutions with an S dot com. So those are some ways that people can get in contact with Fabulous. me. And we will put those on the show blurb as well in the special area, contact your fader and put all of those links to the various social media accounts and, of course, to your main website as well. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show again. As I said, we, I think we've only just touched the surface. And, of course, with the ongoing changes that we know governments love to do and state government and local government, if it's anything like here in Australia, as soon as you get used to something, bang, they go and change it again. That's like... <laughs> Like, really? Yeah. I'm sure it's like that in, in the US as well. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Which keeps you, really have to keep you on your toes, but I'm sure that's one of the reasons why you love your work because we're all passionate about what we do. And that's one of the reasons why we go to people like you that keep up to date and we can tap into your expertise and support. Thank you. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Fabulous. And if this is the very first time that you're joining us on the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, welcome. We are so glad that you've spent some time with us. Reach on out to Jafreda. She's obviously an expert in her field. And if you're an accountant and uh, looking at expanding your business, for the sound of it, uh, Jafreda has done that as well and uh, certainly is someone that you can connect with. If you've not yet subscribed to our iTunes channel, go ahead and do that. We have the link on our show blurb. All you need to do is click through on that. We've got our contact details on the show blurb as well. The Ambitious Pod is where you can follow us on Twitter. And of course, we've got our Facebook page, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Network, which uh, we would really encourage you to, to join our community and uh, to let us know what are you working on, what are your ahas, and uh, what, what steps are you going to take and implement in your business after listening to the expert advice on today's show. Have a fantastic week, everyone, and we will be here same time next week with uh, more business experts expert tips to help you take your business to the next level. Bye for now, everyone. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing be a sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's be a sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.